0: On the night of April 7, 2021, the whole of England was shocked by the news of the murder of Sir Richard Sutton and his wife at their home in the village of Higher Lanham, near Jellingham, Dorset. The killer's hand was extremely cruel, the victims had no chance to resist. Life goes by very quickly, and blood stains all over the billionaire's house. Welcome back to our channel. Today we will witness an unbelievably cruel murder in the heavily guarded mansion of billionaire Sir Richard Sutton, one of Britain's richest men. Sir Richard Sutton is one of Britain's most successful businessmen, owning several expensive hotels and real estate properties. How did the killer commit such a cruel act? What is the motive for the tragedy of the billionaire and his wife who are respected by the public? This incident has shocked the community and is considered one of the most serious murder cases in the history of this country. The search for the culprit and why this case happened has become one of the most concerned topics of public opinion and highlights the problem of security and crime in the UK. Take a deep breath and join us through the shadow door as we unravel the case of Sir Richard Sutton. We have now arrived back in England. And despite the fact that our investigation will once again lead us to the southeast, we will start this one in the county of Lincolnshire. There is a tiny community known as brant Broughton that may be found close to the western boundary of the county. In the year 1937, Richard Sutton was born right here in this location. And despite the fact that this town may not even be more than a pinprick on the map, Richard's family origins were in a place that was everything but insignificant. He had the title of Sutton Baronet, which dates back to the time of King James I and indicates that he was a member of the Sutton family. And to make a long tale short with regard to this designation, a baronet is rated lower than a baron but higher than all knights. That has essentially no significance in the modern world. In spite of this, Baroness families are often fairly prosperous taking into account the modest fortune that their ancestors amassed in the centuries before them this is especially clear in light of the current situation his name was actually sir richard sutton the 9 and his family was wealthy extremely wealthy richard sutton was the heir to this fortune richard has never wavered from his goal of pursuing a career in the legal profession he planned to devote his time and energy, as well as his professional career, to assisting others. But his choice of profession didn't necessarily turn out that way, and instead he would eventually become an which, in case it wasn't apparent, means that he owned and operated hotels. In other words, he worked in the hospitality industry. Richard's relatives and friends characterized him as a kind, sympathetic, and generous man. He wed his first wife, Fiamma, in 1959. After some time, they started a family and welcomed David Sutton and Caroline Sutton into the world. And when Richard entered maturity and progressed through it, his vast real estate and agricultural holdings, in addition to his lucrative hotel business, continued to expand. A great number of Richard's hotels are highly significant to the tourism business in England. It is possible to spend up to 1,500 British pounds on a single night in a suite at the opulent five-star Sheraton Grand Park Lane Hotel, which can be found in the Piccadilly district of London. In addition, the illustrious Athenium Hotel in Mayfair provides guests with a five-star experience because it is located in the center of London, along with a spa with a sauna and a steam room. By the turn of the century. Richard was well on his way to becoming one of the 500 wealthiest people in the United Kingdom. Even if the majority of his wealth was a result of inheritance, this would still place him at the very pinnacle of society. I'm referring to this particular kind of shirt. Expensive automobiles, private aircraft, and vacations that one might only hope to experience throughout their lifetimes. Richard was completely successful. However, there was one thing that Richard was unable to master, and regrettably, that was his marriage. Richard's inability to master this one item led to a divorce. In the year 2002, both he and Fiamma made the decision to end their marriage and get divorced. Richard may have had an unfathomable amount of riches, yet he was neither amoral nor uncaring despite this fact. The dissolution of his marriage truly left him in a condition of utter devastation. On the other hand, just like in many other aspects of life, when one flower withers away, another will blossom in its place. And at this point, Anne Schreiber makes her entrance into the action. Anne had a background in physiotherapy and was originally from Denmark. She was married to David Schreiber, who was also a physiotherapist, David's family has a long history in the armed forces. Before establishing himself as a successful entrepreneur in London, he served in the cavalry for some time. Along with their three children, Louise, Anne Rose, and Thomas, the couple raised their family in a heritage-protected farmhouse in the Dorset countryside. The couple had two daughters named Louise and Anne Rose and one son named Thomas. And because they were residents of Dorset, They were neighbors to the Sutton family. It was about the same time as Richard and Fiamma's demise that En's marriage to David started to break apart. Both of these events occurred simultaneously. David was an extroverted and dramatic man, but he hid a troubled past behind his charm. David's past was filled with a series of unfortunate events. David was not necessarily an alcoholic, but he did have a drinking issue. It was common knowledge that he would become drunk and start firing his firearms outside of the farmhouse, and he frequently made threats to take his own life. They did live a very pleasant life in the countryside, and other than David's pranks, there isn't much to emphasize about their existence. But young Thomas was able to see and understand the tension that existed between his mother and his father. Despite this, Thomas loved him very much and it was quite upsetting for him to see the dissolution of their marriage when he was just 16 years old. Thomas was taken aback when his mother offered that they should all move into Richard Sitton's home without his father being involved. The Schreiber's and the Sitton's had previously been friends for some years, but with the disintegration of both families, Thomas was shocked when his mother made the suggestion to him. Thomas did, in the end, get it, and once he did, he didn't waste any time acting on his newfound knowledge. After his parents divorced, he inherited a substantial amount of money and made the decision to further his education by attending college in Denmark and then music technology school in London. It was in this location that Thomas's dream of becoming a DJ began to materialize in an amateur capacity. He began his career by picking up odd jobs around town collecting vinyl records, and moving from one job to the next. And in the meantime, Richard and Anne were also having a lot of success with their relationship. They finally completed the relocation into their brand new mansion, which they christened More Hell Mansion. Despite the fact that it had a price tag of £1.4 million and was situated in the wealthy neighborhood of Higher Langham in Dorset, The world of the newly single David Schreiber was in a far more precarious place. After his wife left him for another guy, he developed a serious drinking problem that only got worse over time. Despite the fact that Richard and Anne were now a couple, both of them continued to do their best to maintain their friendship with David. At one point, Richard went so far as to give him a room at Hell Mansion if he would just agree to check into a rehabilitation facility. But because David believed that accepting the offer would be an affront to his own pride, he finally declined it. Sadly, David passed away in April of 2013, having suffered from a persistent memory issue brought on by the fact that he had a tendency to drink too much. When placed in the context of the events that have transpired in this case, these particulars take on a far greater level of significance. Thomas's fury escalated when David was killed in the battle. He received the impression that his now stepfather Richard Sutton, as well as the rest of his biological family for that matter, had not done enough to assist in the effort to rescue his father. Thomas had a more difficult time adapting to the changes in the dynamic of the family, in contrast to his sisters Louise and Rose, who handled the adjustment quite well. And now that his father had passed away, he considered the divorce, as well as Richard, as be indirect reasons. The contempt and resentment that he felt for him and Richard grew to the point that he could no longer be in their company. As a result, Thomas and his fiancée approved their lives and went to Australia in 2016 so that he could follow his ambition of being a music artist. His professional life would not be successful, despite the fact that the sunshine, beaches, and excellent quality of life were all enjoyable. And around the end of 2018, Thomas and his girlfriend ended their relationship. After failing to realize his goal of making it big in Australia, He returned to his native England. Thomas swallowed his pride and moved back in with Anne and Richard at Morehell Mansion in January 2019 after experiencing failure in his professional life, his romantic life, and having nowhere else to go. This predicament was only expected to last for a few of weeks at most. While Tom took some time to get his life in order, he was in his 30s at the time and the desire to go out on his own was becoming increasingly urgent. However, this little period of time expanded into the weeks and months that followed. By the month of March, Thomas' mental health had significantly deteriorated. He decided to seek the guidance of a trained expert and made an appointment with a qualified therapist. Depression and Alcoholism both of which were made worse by emotions of abandonment and trauma suffered during the course of his earlier years, were firmly confirmed as being the man's primary conditions. Thomas was a terribly injured man, and despite the fact that it could be argued that he was not the victim of any family feuds, he innately regarded himself as the victim of all of them. He felt as though his parents had abandoned him, and even worse, that Richard Sutton had him financially enslaved. However, this feeling of being incarcerated financially was based only on anecdotal evidence. Anne and Richard both have a deep concern for his well-being. I mean, it's true that he had a bad temper, but they genuinely cared about what was best for his future. Additionally, Richard was quite kind and generous to Thomas. In fact, upon his return from Australia, he bestowed on Thomas a gift of £100,000 to be used toward the purchase of his first house. In addition, Thomas was given a monthly stipend of £1,000 despite the fact that he was 32 years old. And Richard did this in the hopes that it would encourage him to become more autonomous. Surprisingly, Thomas found this to be insufficient for his needs. In addition to being ungrateful for the money that Richard had given him, He also refused to assist with the chores around the house. Richard was well into his senior years at this point in his life. He was 82 years old, at an age when even a straightforward activity like sweeping the floor would require a lot of time and energy. But Thomas didn't give a damn about it. Even more vexing to him was the fact that Richard would not permit him to operate any of his expensive automobiles. If Thomas didn't become so drunk all the time, perhaps there wouldn't have been a need to worry about this issue. The problems continued even beyond that point. No, it got worse. Throughout the course of the year 2019, Thomas displayed a rising pattern of violent behavior against his family. It was in the middle of. After she called him a drunk and a leech, he struck his mother in the face and demanded an apology his biological father was also an alcoholic and a parasite. The predicament at Moore Hell House continued to deteriorate as 2019 came to a conclusion and 2020 began, and this trend continued throughout the new year. What was planned to be a five-week visit from Thomas to Richard and Anne developed into a nine-month stay during which Thomas lived off of their generosity. In addition to this, He continued to engage in destructive behaviors such as excessive drinking, negative thinking, and violent behavior. It was intolerable to have to live with Thomas. And then, in 2020, as all of us are aware, the COVID lockdown occurred. Good evening. This country is currently facing its gravest danger in decades in the form of the coronavirus. And this nation is not the only one affected. As a result, I would like to provide you with an update tonight on the most recent actions we are taking to combat the illness and discuss the ways in which you may lend a hand. Beginning this evening, I have a very straightforward directive for the citizens of the United Kingdom. It is necessary for you to remain in your residence. People were compelled to remain inside as a result of a national lockdown because of the new virus which was making headlines all over the world. This was especially true in the United Kingdom. This would have a significant effect on the mental health of millions of individuals all around the world. For many others, this meant getting fired from their jobs, being cooped up indoors with nothing to do, and maybe being hungry as a result. This was in sharp contrast to the life of Thomas Schreiber, who was disturbed and agitated by the fact that he was cooped up within a multi-million pound home with no financial duties or expenses to pay. He had no responsibilities whatsoever. Despite this, Thomas used the lockdown as an alibi to justify his increasingly erratic behavior toward Anne and Richard. He blamed it on the drugs. And when one month turned into nine months, and 20 weeks passed, Sir Richard Sutton started to have feelings of being confined within his own house. The final straw that caused the camel to collapse under its own weight first appeared in November of 2020. It's hard to imagine a situation that's any more affluent than this one. However, the members of the family couldn't agree on how to divide up an inherited chandelier. It was always intended that one of Thomas's sisters would end up with the chandelier and despite the fact that he did not even possess a house, he desired it. Thomas lost his anger after being convinced that he was being treated unfairly once more and that he was the youngest child in the family. The argument escalated into violence, and it culminated with the elderly man Richard breaking his walking cane by smacking Thomas in the back of the head with it. Thomas was injured as a result of the incident, This was a really embarrassing situation for Thomas. And despite the fact that he had previously hit his mother in the face, it would appear that Richard had crossed an unacceptable line. After this, Thomas would definitively cut himself off from the rest of his family and never communicate with them again. I assume they were really fortunate to have lived in a home that was large enough for them to completely avoid one another. In a house of a typical size, I don't believe you'd be able to get away with doing that. Despite this, Thomas considered this to be the lowest point of his life. He found himself having ideas that were really uncomfortable. On a daily basis. He started bragging to his pals that he was going to exact revenge on Richard and his mother, whom he derisively referred to as the gold digging bitch. He also said that he was going to do it one day. Even to his bodies. He disclosed through voice recordings his intentions and thoughts regarding his plans and thoughts. It's not looking very well, and things are looking quite terrible. It's extremely unhealthy how strict my mother is about everything. She won't apologize for the horrific things she said the other day, and she won't make Richard apologize for hitting me. Both of these things are her fault. You can probably guess how upset I am just by hearing it. Since we first met 15 years ago, I have always followed a particular guideline, while everyone else is held to a different standard. Therefore, I am formulating a strategy for my retaliation while simultaneously formulating a strategy for my exit, with the latter strategy receiving greater attention. It is impossible for me to continue acting while being treated with bias. It is not acceptable. Therefore, it's safe to say that there's a lot of hatred and that it will hurt your feelings. Yeah, the issue at hand is one of financial gain. It's a shame, but prejudice and denial are to blame for everything that's wrong with the world today, which is why they are the source of all evil. As time went on, Thomas never stopped daydreaming of finally accomplishing his so-called retribution. He told his buddies that he was having trouble keeping his emotions in check, and he even questioned his girlfriend about what she would do if he did something bad to his parents. He scoured the internet for stories on vengeance and treachery. It was very evident that the situation at Moore Hell House was not getting any better. It was a predicament that Sir Richard referred to as a jail while Thomas referred to it as a pressure cooker. But on April 7, 2021, exactly two years after Thomas came back into morehell Mansion, any semblance of rationality that had been preserved within those four walls would abruptly vanish. At 8.41 p.m., on April 7, 2021, armed law enforcement officers attacked the grounds of the morehell Mansion. After growing extremely concerned about Richard and Anne, a member of the general public called 911 and reported that they were smashing through the glass of the conservatory doors. They sneaked in through the building's rear entrance, and what they discovered once they were inside was eerie. However, my roommate always covers up. Okay, I get what you mean. Anne was discovered by the officers in the kitchen where she was clinging to life. She was found with 15 stab wounds, including damage to her arms, chest, neck, shoulders, the back of her head, and her back, where her spinal cord had been partially severed. Because of the amount of blood that was spilled and the injuries that were sustained, the police originally believed that she had been shot with a shotgun. Because of her injuries, she was only able to communicate with the officers by blinking. Bloody boot prints established a trail that led officers upstairs, where they discovered Sir Richard lying on the floor. He had survived his ordeal in the kitchen long enough to make it this far, but it was too late for him to recover from the multiple wounds he had sustained. His heart had been slashed open by the assailant's knife. The walking stick that belonged to Richard would also be found in the kitchen, shattered, This was the location where he had desperately sought to defend Anne from the assailant. The investigators would quickly determine that not only had Richard's Range Rover vanished from the garage, but also that Thomas Schreiber had vanished without a trace. Having stated that, they very immediately developed a primary suspicion about him. These suspicions were validated almost instantaneously as well. As soon as Thomas realized that the Range Rover had been stolen, he started sending highly worrisome voice messages to his family and friends. If it isn't already clear, Thomas was the one who committed the murder. Thomas had, in fact, stolen the Range Rover, and he was currently on the run, hastily making his way towards London while mumbling to himself over the several voice messages he had received. I really apologize, Josh. I should not have allowed my feelings to control my actions, but I did make that error. I promise that this will be the last time you hear from me. You are not only the kindest and most decent man I've ever encountered, but also the most wonderful person I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. I've made a mistake. I've let my fury get the best of me, and I've slain my mother and killed her lover. And this will be the very last time that you hear from me. And I'm very sorry about it. I am unable to halt the hatred and its accumulation has reached an unsustainable level. The denial, the deception, and the lies that were told. It was imperative that I take action. Adam, please know that I adore you. I want to express my deepest remorse for my actions. I adore you with all my heart. I'm going to die right now, and I hope you can comprehend the reasons behind it. It is finished for me at this point, point. and it's over for both my mom and Richard, who was involved in it. God bless you. You are in my thoughts and prayers while you sleep. Rose, I adore you. I sincerely apologize for my actions. Despite the fact that you are a pathological liar and a wealth digger, Much like your mother, you are a wonderful sister. I'm extremely sorry for my blunders. However, the falsehoods and the constant lying have reached a point where they are unacceptable. And more than anything, I wish for your happiness. I'm sorry for both what happened and why I did it. I just couldn't stand the falsehoods or the hostility any longer. Please accept my apology. After receiving a speeding ticket on the A303, Thomas finally led the police on a high-speed chase that continued all the way into London. In fact, he was caught racing across five different counties. It was reported that Thomas was driving through downtown London at speeds of up to 135 miles per hour and was even observed driving on the wrong side of the road, putting the lives of other members of the public in grave danger. Thomas was finally brought to a halt by the police by having his vehicle T-boned after a few of failed attempts at pit maneuvers. The authorities were angry. Away from him. After coming to a stop, Thomas promptly retrieved a knife from his pocket and began repeatedly stabbing himself in the chest with it. However, the authorities were not going to let him pass away in that location. They then responded by pulling out a taser and effectively shocking him with it. And after he was unsuccessful in ending his own life, Thomas responded by saying, just kill me, your salary are paid by me. I ask you to murder me. Thomas was sent to the hospital right away and shortly after being there, he made a complete recovery. And within one hour of being released from the hospital, he found himself sitting in a cell in the back of the facility. On December 3rd, 2021, his trial was scheduled to officially commence, where he sat for a total of three weeks, during which time he was forced to face his family as well as the jury. During the course of the trial, he entered a guilty plea to the lesser charge of manslaughter on the grounds that he lacked full responsibility for his actions owing to a defect in his mental function. Thomas also claimed that he was overpowered by demons during an alcohol-fueled lunacy and that a voice in his brain commanded him to attack, attack, attack when all he really wanted to do was embrace his mother. He stated that the voice told him to attack, attack, attack when all he wanted to do was hug his mother. Ann Schreiber had somehow survived the attack and as a result, she was going to be an important witness in Tom's trial. This was bad news for Tom, but it was excellent news for everyone else. Connecting over a video link to provide the evidence she gathered as well as her side of the tale. Anne tells how she continues to experience nightmares as a result of the attack that her son committed, which, sadly, has resulted in her being nearly fully paralyzed. Due to the fact that her spinal cord was partially severed, she has lost the ability to virtually completely control any movement below her neck. In any case, what actually took place on the evening of April 7, what precipitated this vicious assault was. Now, Thomas asserts that he has psychosis. It would appear that after having a disagreement with Richard, he lost his cool before raging into the kitchen to violently assault his own mother. Thomas smashed Sir Richard over the head with a glass whiskey decanter that he had used to bottle alcohol. And despite the fact that he had been bottled, Richard continued to attempt to save his wife. But despite his serious wounds, he nevertheless managed to escape to the upper floor, where he was attacked a second time. After everything was finished, Thomas hurriedly climbed into Richard's Range Rover and made his way to London as quickly as he could he left behind a series of voice recordings for Richard. While he was driving there, he transferred $30,000 into the bank account of his girlfriend, confessed to her, and then begged her to see him. But thank goodness, she decided to call the authorities instead. During the course of Thomas's trial, it was inevitable that concerns regarding his mental health would be raised. The family had previously discussed the possibility that his early delivery may have resulted in some kind of permanent injury, since it seemed to have occurred when he was born. It was possible for David to hold him in the palm of his hand because he was so little. Research has shown that preterm delivery is associated with an increased chance of developing mental health problems such as schizophrenia, depression, and bipolar disorder. However, The exact nature of this association is not entirely understood. Thomas was also quite adamant about emphasizing the fact that if it weren't for COVID, then this savage attack most certainly never would have taken place. I suppose that he is attempting to shift blame for his conduct onto COVID at this point. In any case, the deliberation period that the jury needed to reach their decision was only 4 hours and 51 minutes. And on the 17th, 2021, Thomas Schreiber was declared guilty for the murder of Sir Richard Sutton and guilty for the attempted murder of his mother in Schreiber. The vote was 11 to 1, and it was decided that Thomas Schreiber was responsible for both crimes. The court said that Thomas's conduct had left the Sutton and Schreiber families in total ruin as a result of its consequences. He behaved as if Sir Richard's home and assets were his own. He did not show Richard or in any respect, and he exhibited a startling sense of entitlement. As a result, Sir Richard often felt as if he were a prisoner in his own home. Thomas was formally given a life sentence, but he will have the opportunity to apply for parole when 36 years have passed. It should come as no surprise that he has already appealed the verdict against him. Following the conclusion of Thomas's trial, Sir Richard Siddon's relatives issued a statement of their own. In it, they questioned how someone could have done it. How can a family get over such an unexpected and life-changing loss? We will never be able to bring Sir Richard back, but his spirit will very much continue to live on alongside the extremely joyful memories we have of our amazing father, brother, and grandpa. His warm kind, and sympathetic nature toward everyone he came in contact with will be passed on to succeeding generations and will never die out. This is because his principles will never be forgotten. Sir David Robert Sutton, the son of Sir Richard Sutton, is expected to stake his claim to the Sutton Baronetcy as soon as he demonstrates that he is legally qualified to do so. This will determine the course of events regarding the baronetcy's continued existence. The untimely passing of Richard will unfortunately cast a lengthy and terrible gloom over the family. And with regard to more Hell House, the surprising baronetcy still holds control of the building to this day. There is no indication as to whether or not they will keep the property. However, depending on whether or not you believe in superstition, it is possible that it may now merely come with an additional renter. There is not much else that can be said about Thomas Schreiber, but if I had to guess, the only legacy that he will leave behind is the sense that he was a self-centered and ungrateful man-child. The case for today has been resolved, but the horrors that unfolded will linger on in my mind for a long time to come. I appreciate you all tuning in, but I must warn you, The tale is not for the faint of heart. If you found this case as disturbing as I did, please give me a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. Now, let's talk about Thomas Ryber. This monster's twisted psychology is enough to make your skin crawl. Who was he, and what drove him to commit such heinous acts? Could anything have stopped him from carrying out his crime, or was his fate sealed from the start? Share your thoughts in the comments below, if you dare. As we part ways, remember to keep your loved ones close and your doors locked at night. Evil lurks in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. Until we meet again, stay safe out there. Goodbye, my friends.